Hi, and welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 117. Uh, we're covering Phil today. He's uh, moving house as well now. So we're both moved house, and after this week, we should be winding uh, again, nice and stable. So a um, couple of updates, I suppose. We had a great Black Friday. Thank you for everyone that purchased uh, a full bundle or foundation bundle of the new the new bundle situation that we've got going on at Mandarin Blueprint. Um, and uh, you know we've heard a lot of good things, a lot of good feedback from the new way that we've structured the levels as well by putting the characters first and uh, also adding in vocab mnemonics. That's something we wanted to focus on a lot more for a long time. Um, I made um, we we well thanks to everyone. Uh, as well, who contributed and added some mnemonics for us because there were a lot to add and we were like rushing to do it. So that really helped us out. Uh, I made a uh, rather long, it's about it's over an hour long video that I think we're going to cut up. Uh, maybe we will, maybe we won't, but I think we should, probably should. But it's, uh, I, I, I went through about 15 different examples and tried to include every cool way of creating a mnemonic that I could. Uh, and I'm pretty happy with it. So we're going to put that at the beginning of phase two somewhere to sort of guide you on how to better build vocabulary mnemonics. We'll be doing that pretty soon. Should be within a week or two. Um, some other developments we've got going on. Um, what, are, what are we doing here? So, <laughs> yeah, so we are uh, thinking about the new expansion, right? So uh, lots of people who've made it to the end of the intermediate or approaching there have been asking us a lot. Uh, and we've decided that we're going to focus on really polishing off everything that we want to do with the foundation as in phases one to five and the intermediate course. So the main things we want to do are to finish the longer form content for those courses. So we've got a few more stories to uh, correct uh, and oh, I'm very excited about this as well, actually. So Phil may have mentioned this, uh, we'll be getting, uh, inviting, I'm not sure if he's 100% confirmed yet, but I'm pretty sure he'll do it. Uh, Mr. Yolao Shi, um, he's a professor of ours. Um, I actually, Phil uh, had him for three years throughout his whole degree. I only went for one semester <laughs> before I dropped out and did something else. Um, but I, he was my favorite professor or teacher of any kind that I've ever had in all my years of school. I just, we both really like him. He's very overqualified as well. You know, he's a, he's a family man and uh, he could be teaching Chinese at Harvard probably, but he decided to settle down in Sichuan, teach at Sichuan University and, you know, spend more time with his family. He's a very good man, a very great teacher. And he'll be doing uh, the, I don't want to call them introductions because there'll be more than that. They're more like explanations, previews, lessons essentially relating to all of the upcoming uh, intermediate stories that we're creating. So I'm very excited about that, Phil's even more excited. Um, so that's gonna be a great development as well. So once we've done that, uh, there's also something else. We, uh, uh, it's funny enough, I mentioned, I had a chat with uh, Oscar, a client of ours, member, and uh, he, he, uh, we always ask every one of our members when we do an interview with them, um, we do ask, is there anything we can do to improve the course? And one of the things he said was listening. 
so he he loves the way that we teach reading and with, you know he's happy he's very happy with that but he feels like his listening is lacking and there's a few reasons behind that it's not just that we don't focus as enough on listening in the course it's also because you know listening takes the longest it's just a very time consuming skill to develop as i always say it's always it's also the easiest you just put chinese that you can understand or have a chance of understanding in your ear as much as possible and you will naturally become better at listening depending on how much you actively listen you can't just put on the background and play a computer game and not really <laughs> not really focus but you know you can occasionally just sort of have it on in the background and immerse yourself that way and you will improve but uh we don't really talk about that process that much in the course and because uh, we're so focused on getting you to read right and listening is of course a part of it you know we have the pronunciation course and every single character word sentence paragraph story everything in the entire curriculum has very high quality male and female native audio at two different speeds native and 80% and we made sure to put that in but because of the just reading it just takes less time like listening just takes more time you can sort of get to where oscar is for example you finish the foundation course or do a couple hundred 300 characters worth of the of the course and you can feel like, oh, my reading's really good. I'm reading stuff, no problem. But I feel like I'm not understanding conversations or TV shows yet, and it, it can be frustrating. Um, so what I decided sort of in the interview, which uh, you, you should be able to watch by now. I'm going to publish it pretty soon. Uh, so it should be out by the time this podcast is out on our, on our podcast, on our website. I said, oh, we can just do sort of off the top of my head because it's something I planned ages ago I forgot about. So we can actually just transform all of our flashcards, sentence flashcards, into uh, to, just to give them an extra card and, and have uh, have it be purely comprehension. So you just see nothing, you just hear the sentence and you're supposed to sort of, where well, you can write it if you want, if you want to take the extra time to do that, or at least um, visualize what it is, what this text would be, and use your comprehension that way. And another thing we could do, that would be relatively easy, just time consuming, but one of our assistants hopefully could do that for us, which is just make, create audio files with all the sentences and create like shuffle decks, just of audio folders that you can just have and you can download, you can put them on your phone, just have the sentences level by level and just listen to Chinese that way. Just have the sentences shuffled with like a one or two second pause in between them, something like that, give you enough time to repeat it. Uh, I figured that would be uh, an easy step. And if anyone's listening to this and you're on the course, uh, let me know if you think there's anything else we could do with those sentences uh, to improve the uh, listening. I figured that would be two relatively easy steps we could take uh, that would greatly increase the level of listening focus that we have in the course. Uh, so that won't be instant. That won't be out by the time this podcast is out. That'll take a month probably, uh, at least. But we will. That's something that we can we can do. We're on, we're on it already, and that's just to show as well that we don't just we're not just talking when we say that we do listen to you guys' suggestions. Um, you guys are what makes this curriculum what it is, and you know we we have our own ideas, of course, but it, we can't quite get hundred percent into the heads of the people that use it because, of course, we're not beginners at Chinese anymore. So it really helps to get some feedback. There's a section on our course um, forum, the MB Community Forum. 
if you just uh, find the course ideas section, please go ahead and post some uh, improvements if there's anything you think we can do uh, to just improve the situation. Okay, so that'd be awesome. So once we've done that and all the intermediate stuff uh, and we've sort of crossed the T's and dotted the I's, everything works well, we will start work on the expansion. So that'll be a new year thing, I think. Hopefully January, February at the latest, we'll get started on that. And uh, sometime in 2021, we have no idea how long it's going to take. You know, we've been thinking that it's, it's essentially going to be double the size. You know, we're going to be make at least 3,000 characters, you know, in total. So at least, um, but that could increase. We haven't decided yet. So, but it'd be that would be the minimum. And goodness knows how many how many words and sentences and and what have you come with that. So it's a, it's a heavy workload, but. Uh, we are on it. So that's, I think, all the updates. As usual, I'll probably <laughs> remember one or two as I'm doing the podcast, but I think that's about it. So lots to look forward to there, guys. Uh, we'll start off today with uh, Rebecca Weebel. This is a question regarding a character, Lu. So Rebecca says, is an idiom the same as a tongue? Or in other words, is Lu? that's the un one of the unlocked words from this character that, that you can now understand. Is that an idiom or a Chengyu? So first of all, Tian Pian Yu Lu is uh, literally 1,000 pieces, as in Pian is like a measure word for pieces of writing. Uh, yu Lu just means the same. Um, so it's kind of a way of saying like, uh, once you've seen one, you've seen them all, you know, or a uh, cliched or uh, st stereotyped, you know, they use it, to, use it in that way a lot to say, ah, oh, these, these, this, this role played in this movie is Tian Pian Yu Lu or something like that, right? Anyway. Is that an idiom or a Chengyu? And the answer is both. So this sort of got me thinking about a lesson that with the professor that I mentioned, You Laoshi, um, who's again one of those professors where he he's he he speaks so well uh, in Chinese, even if you're a low level, you still sort of understand him. But he tells all these funny stories. He's very charming as well. And like I see, I, there's so many lessons that I completely remember from years ago without taking any notes. You know, he's just one of those kind of people. Um, and I remember a lesson, this, this question got me thinking about a lesson with him. And he was talking about the four types of proverb slash idiom saying thing, you know, there's the sort of four different categories of that in Chinese. And I thought, why not share them? You know, it's, I guess it's sort of higher level, I suppose. You know, you, it's, but it's just, it's nice knowledge to have. Um, it's more of an intermediate piece of knowledge, if you like, but it, it's cool to, it's cool to talk about anyway. So, the answer is that all four of these are idioms because essentially an idiom, if you look up a definition of an idiom, it just basically means uh, an analogy, something, uh, saying something that you can't tell. It's not directly a description of what you're talking about. Um, so, and then as soon, of course, as soon as I try and think of a uh, an English example, I just oh yeah, so like over the moon. I'm 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 over the moon. So obviously that you wouldn't know what that means directly, but you just it's an analogy for that, for like being happy, right? So there's tons of these in Chinese, of course, and Chengyu is one category of them. So I thought I'd go for all four of these categories to give you a couple of examples, and uh, you can uh, have some knowledge about it. So Chengyu are uh, special because they are four characters always, and, and they are. I suppose you could say they are the most 
directly related to Chinese culture and history. Um, they'll be, and I suppose they're the most ancient as well. Um, they, they'll be straight out of ancient Chinese. Um, and uh, here's a couple of examples for you. Uh, and these are used, by the way, all four of these categories are used very commonly in speech as well as in written. And there are some that are more formal, of course, but you know it, it's handy to learn them. Certainly very handy to learn them. It'd be very impressive to the Chinese natives if you can pick a few of these up. In fact, one thing that I wanted to do among my list of many things that I'd like to do and feel the same um, is make a list of, you know, Cheng Yu. But I'm sure you could find there's tons out there already. But just a list of what we think are um, the best sort of, or some of the most common, most actually useful Cheng Yu that you can use and match it up with our course as well. That'd be great. Just like we do with the conversation connectors, for example, the common phrases, but do that with Cheng Yu. There are a ton of uh, Cheng Yu in the course, but it would be cool to specialize in them, wouldn't it? So Cheng Yu, let's have a look. Uh, of course, we've got Tian Pian Yu Lu, um, which means uh, the same sort of uh, stereotypes, seen one, seen them all. Uh, one that I like is Dui Niu Tan Qin, so to play a violin to a cow, right? which means sort of to fall on deaf ears. So you're, you know, like trying to explain a compl complicated calculus to, uh, well, me, <laughs> really. I was going to say it. I was going to say my uh, seven-year-old son, but it would be about the same effect. Yi uh, Jian Zhong Qing is, is another really common one. I think this is in the HSK, actually. I seem to remember this one. So you can say one site Zhong Qing. Zhong is like, a, like a, I guess, the sound of a bell. Um, so like Yi Dian Zhong. Jongqing. Actually, I should have looked that up. I'm not sure exactly the uh, the history of that, but it means love at first sight. Love at first sight. So those are some Chengyu. I would say there's there's probably at least fifty to a hundred that you could use daily uh, that people do use, and it's not like showing off or something like that. It's not. It doesn't come across like that. A lot of them are very very commonly used in speech. Another one is this it's sort of close to Chengyu in a way is Yanyu. And it's the way I say it's close, not because it's four characters. It's because it's um, it comes straight from it comes from Chinese written material from history. So it's, it, they can be very old, um, and they come from poems, ancient stories, uh, ancient scriptures, writing this sort of thing, uh, and they're still used today. So here's an example of one uh, saying: "Is mu, ten years." Uh, for trees and ren. so ren is like literally tree person it means uh, means to 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 uh, cultivate the young uh, basically to make a person to educate someone uh, so basically it's just a saying that takes it's it, you know it's easy to it takes 10 years to make some trees it takes 100 years to make a person so it's basically saying it's, it's very difficult it takes a long time to educate person correctly um, which is quite a cool one and uh, this is one I, I had uh, when I was sort of like beginner. I remember seeing it on a TV show, and it just sort of burned into my memory. I, was like, oh, I studied this one, and I, I heard someone say it very naturally in a TV show. <clears throat> it was actually, I could tell you what the TV show was called. It was called Hunba. Let's Get Married. You can imagine what that was about. And it was like, I remember there was like a, this, uh, one of the characters' mother was just uh, giving her the old, you've got to get married, you know, you've got to get married, otherwise you're going to miss this opportunity. And this is how she said it. She said, 
过了这村儿，我过了这个村儿，没这没这个地儿。So you go past this village, maybe you don't have that deer. That deer is a like a 店商店 or 超市 or whatever, a shop. So you don't have the chance to、uh, buy the things that you need, supplies, if you go past this village. So once in a lifetime opportunity, or you know, take the chance while you can. So those are the、uh, two Yanyu examples I wanted to give. Next is a very interesting one. So you could say that xiaohou, whereas Yanyu and Chengyu are more、uh, made sort of from history, from writing.、Uh, these next two categories actually are both more spoken. They're passed down through.、Um, Just through speech, called holy ultran, ultran, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're, you can you can sort of tell as well.、Uh, they're not really from like poems necessarily or anything like that. They're just、uh, they're passed down from person to person, created by Chinese people, just your everyday Chinese people. So here's here's one, 打破砂锅问到底 So if you look this up in say Pleco dictionary, you'll see it as one phrase. But the reason why I put this second part in Brackets is because with xie hou yu, if you actually look at the characters of this phrase, xie hou yu, xie means to rest, and hou means afterwards, and yu means speech. So it's kind of saying you can rest, you can take a rest with the laughter, you can chew down the second part if you want. Okay, so and it, often Chinese people do that because these phrases are so common, they're so ingrained in the society that you don't need to necessarily say the entire thing. You can, you can just say. 打破砂锅 So that's basically saying to get to the bottom of things. 砂锅 is like those earthen sort of pots that you see that Chinese food and things like, that, or、um, pickling, pickling Chinese、uh, sort of making making Chinese pickles that sort of thing.、Um, so to get to the bottom is just to sort of smash that open and see what's inside, sort of thing. Get to the bottom of things. Here's another one, and the, the reason why I chose this next one is because.、Uh, Remember my wife telling me a story when she was a kid. Like she was like the youngest of three, and she'd often like cry to try and get some attention. And she's、uh, she's make this crying noise, but would just be pretending. And after a while, her parents would say this to her: "It's a gandale or guangdale." Like just it's only um uh it's 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 dry. I guess that means dry in this case. Gandale.、Like, it's just thunder. Bushiayu. There's no rain. <laughs> so you're all talk. You're all bark and no bite. You're all talk and no action. There's nothing happening. You're just making a noise. Guangdale or Gandale, but Xiaoyu. I just thought it was really funny. I thought I'd add that one in. So of course you could just add, say the first part. You don't necessarily have to say the、uh, second part as well. And the last part here, Xiaoyu.、Uh, These are like this is I guess the most sort of Tongsu,、uh, the most sort of common among the people. Most Xiaoyu. Uh, the least attached to any sort of formal writing or scripture, that sort of thing.、Uh, these are just really cool sayings that people use all the time. And funnily enough, as well, there was lots of、uh, synchronicity with this、uh, when I was looking these up because I saw Chang Bai Lie, Chang Bai Lie, and this is another one that Yao Lao Shi taught me back in the day.、Um, and he told a very funny story about the fact that he is the Hong Lie in the family. He's the nice guy. The Honglian, so the Bailian is the bad guy, and that's how you do it when you have the changing face, the opera. Oh, sorry, no, that's changing face is Sichuan. Sorry,、uh, it's the、um, the Beijing opera, the Jingju.、Uh, you would have the bad guy would be the white faced person, and the red the red faced person would be the good guy. And he would say, "In my house, 
，我唱红脸，我老婆唱白脸。So my wife is the bad guy when it comes to raising the kid. You know,、um, she'd be the one that is the strict one.、Uh, so that's just a phrase that obviously was made up by the people. 呃，炒鱿鱼 ，I thought this was a cool example. I was looking through some examples. Thought I'd just share this one.、Um, 鱿鱼 is、uh, squid. So when you chow it, when you fry squid, it curls up like swatilai, and、um, that kind of people use that to describe getting fired. And I thought that was weird, so I looked at further, and it because when that that idea of like curling up is related to、uh, like the shutters on on a, on a shop. So like the shutters sort of, I guess shutters would, would be closing because it would be. Anyway, that was the that was the connection there.、Uh, so, chow yu yu, or you can actually just say be chow la. We've got fried, you know, just for short. So it's even more kou、uh, yu. It's even more、uh, spoken colloquial if you shorten it further. So yeah, there's a couple couple examples. There's obviously tons. Please go ahead and look them up if you want. Uh, but so thanks for that、uh, comment, Rebecca. I bet you didn't expect such a long, <laughs> a long reply like that. But、uh, I thought that would be cool to share. So Jagoda, on、uh, our rapid acquisition crash course, one of our lessons there,、uh, we shared a secret that will put you light years ahead in Chinese, which is a secret that most of you listening to this probably know by now. Which is we talk about all the time, which is input is your main focus. That's what, that's where the majority of your、uh, skills come from, as it were. Jagoda. Says with every language, I used to study output. That was always the most challenging, because of the school system, and then learning by myself only by listening and reading. It became very difficult to speak, and it discouraged me from some languages for years. My passive knowledge was so good that I could watch movies, understand almost everything, but because of that, speaking became too overwhelming. I sat in a group of foreign friends and understood their conversations, but didn't have the ability and confidence to join in and contribute. I could hear exactly how wrong it sounds coming out of my mouth, and could hear all the little mistakes. And I just became too shy to speak at all. So I find learning Mandarin refreshing and encouraging because pronunciation is essential. And I knew I'd have to start with that. I feel so lucky to find your course because I started producing sounds first before actually learning the language. I speak out loud with all your videos, and each time I do my flashcards. Good. I believe that thanks to that, for the first time, I won't be too afraid of making mistakes once I have enough knowledge. To start having conversations with native speakers, yeah, yeah, it's、uh, most people do the kind of opposite, I suppose. Or do they? Maybe they don't. Maybe it is common because、uh, I had a similar issue、uh, at some point where it was because my understanding was so good. You know, I, I it made the speaking harder. You know, it's also the way you learn as well, though. If you learn traditional methods, you're constantly. If you learn like grammar, for example, it's constantly、uh, this is wrong, this formula is correct, and you learn it consciously instead of subconsciously, and you end up sort of scanning what you say. That's what the crashing says, and you end up being very overly critical. But it's you know it's it's it's, it's very complicated. Everyone's different, you know. It's, but、um, yeah, I think、uh, because if you have a passive knowledge, though, you have a lot to build on.、Uh, maybe you just didn't speak quite enough, but Because you have such a foundation, if you, I, I would I would guess, if you put, you know, one hour a day into speaking, or half an hour a day, or so, you know, a few hours a week into speaking, and just practice, 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 after two months or a month of doing that, even you'll notice a huge upgrade in your output ability. 
um, often it's uh, yeah like often it can be a, a, a vicious cycle you get you get you're very hard on yourself you become shy you don't want to speak and your speaking gets even worse <laughs> you know uh, and it's just this vicious cycle but you can go the other way too which is obviously better where you just you continue practice speaking and you get stuff right and you start to get stuff right and you start to get stuff right and it makes you more confident more speaking uh, and that's that's the cycle you want to have um, so I'm sure that will happen for you with Chinese just don't leave it too long uh, even yeah maybe you naturally are shy I don't, I'm not sure um, but you know try and get on speaking as soon as you finished I would say around about the foundation course so phase five of the Mandarin blueprint method you finish that you're sort of on your way to being ready to really get something out of your speaking uh, sessions with your tutor or language exchange partner next is uh, Rob Neville level 13 complete he says I must say after finishing level 13 that the sentence review cards have felt amazing that's great to hear it reminded me of the original karate kid movie when daniel daniel's son i remember that has been doing these repetitive motions like uh, yeah wax on wax off that didn't seem to be getting him anywhere and then when mr miyagi starts throwing punches and kicks at him he's amazed at his ability to block them all i was likewise amazed when the sentences just came out of my mouth not at native speed to be sure well, you should never expect that at this level. No way. That's fine. But surprisingly fast. And what's more, I understood what I was reading and saying. That is a really cool feeling. Yes, it is. Well done, gents, on this course. I'm hooked and will absolutely see it through to the end. That's uh, lovely. Thanks a lot, Rob. Yeah, we talk about that feeling a lot. Um, that feeling of going from individual characters, individual words, to reading Chinese and understanding pretty much everything about it and being able to speak it out loud with decent pronunciation. Yeah, it feels awesome. feels awesome. So well done. Keep us updated. I want to see how, I want to hear how you're doing uh, regularly. Christopher Dolman on look how solid that foundation is. So Rob was just finishing uh, level 13 there. Christopher has finished level 36. So phase five is done. So that's a, that is, he's now, as, as I just mentioned, he'd be sort of ready uh, to start really getting stuff out of speaking at this stage. So he says, just making the occasion after seven months. Good progress. Thanks, Phil and Luke. It's been a superb course. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Yet I feel I still haven't taken full advantage of all you've offered so far. I'm now looking forward to going back, re-reviewing the grammar points and spending some more time shadowing the longer form content. Thanks also to all the course participants whose posts and podcast interviews I've enjoyed along the way. There are some famous names there. See you in the intermediate course. Thanks. Awesome. Well done, Christopher. Yeah, I love that attitude. Right, done. <laughs> I've built foundation. I can read Chinese now. Next, onto the intermediate. And by the time you finish the intermediate, hopefully we'll be done with the advanced. <laughs> so you've got a lot of work ahead of you, mate. Well done, Christopher, uh, for your uh, achievement thus far. So Jessica M says, my comprehensible input teacher, entirely by coincidence, has three students that ended up here as in on the Mandarin Blueprint Method course. I'm going to have to coach her into building her entire approach around using this with all of her students that intend to be literate. That's so, that's so great. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, that's something that we've, that's like a very long-term, well, maybe not that long-term, hopefully, but sort of a more long-term goal that we have, <clears throat> which is to get, to have like a team of of teachers that sort of is growing and have a maybe kind of franchise the brand a little bit because the way Mandarin Blueprint works, you know, it 
if people are at a certain level, then they we know that they can read something you know of of a certain level. Uh, so therefore, we supply that piece of content. Oh, you've learned this many characters and words. We know exactly what you know, so you can read this. But wouldn't it be cool to have uh, the Mandarin Blueprint system so they can look up their students and say, oh, my student knows this character. It can even be powered or sort of backed up by the flashcard statistics. Uh, my student knows this many characters and words, so that means I'm going to... Uh, and then, of course, it, it supplies all the teaching materials for them. Uh, and they just need their ta their skills as a cheetah to and their their communication skills to teach them the content. I think that would be quite cool. Um, obviously, that's a bit of a way off. That's a that involve a big investment and all that sort of stuff of time and money. So, but uh, that is definitely a long term um, thing. I'd I'd like. I think Phil and I would both like <clears throat> eventually to have basically Mandarin Blueprint be the one stop shop. You know, it, it has tutoring, it has listening, it has reading, it has, um, you know, try and be the master of all trades, you know, as, as it were. But uh, who knows, maybe that's a bit too lofty a goal, but, you know, shoot for the stars, right? So thanks for that, Jessica. Daniel Leo Simpson on Make a Movie for UN, which means a few things. Um, era, I believe, uh, it does mean. Um, totally loving the new course format of bite-sized levels and totally jazzed to start level 21. Uh, so Daniel's uh, been away from us for a while uh, and he recently got in touch again uh, and he's getting back on his study. So well done, Daniel. Fantastic to have you back. Another one here from Jessica M. Actually, we've got a couple of comments from Jessica here. One is Dammen versus Wattman. She says, the only place I've ever encountered Dammen, as in Z-A-N-M-E-N, Dammen, Dammen, is in the Mandarin Breeze books. I've never heard anyone say it or seen it in print anywhere else. Well, that's, you know, maybe it's just a, a unlucky, you know, because uh, that does happen. Some some words that are common just happen to fall through the cracks, you know. But Dammen is something I hear in speech all the time. But I guess it's spoken more among people. It's not, you know, if you have um, listening content, you know, it's, uh, it's I suppose, I suppose it just might not be put in sort of listening content designed for learners. You might not hear Dammen very often, and you certainly wouldn't hear Dammen in um, in written very much because it's it's rather colloquial. It just basically means me and you, or the speaker and the person being spoken to. Okay, um, it's as whereas woman could be woman uh, Zhongguoren, or I would say woman Yingguoren sometimes. You know, us English people, what men, they're not all here, right? But I would never say when I'm talking to a Chinese person, you know, because they're not included in that. So it's only when I'm including the speaker. I could say, I could say, well, us humans, you know, I could say that. Another one here from Jessica is uh, make a movie for she says, so older brother Gu and elder brother Xiong are examples of what set up remembering the Hanza uh, to be a failure, in my opinion. Yes, because they would just have a definition. And that was it. They wouldn't say how to use it. They wouldn't teach you the pronunciation. Now, I think you guys do a much better job by introducing these in context with words and pronunciations, which make them more sticky and useful to the end goal of knowing which character is which in function within the language. Awesome. But still, what advice do you have about the memory collision that occurs with closely set definitions? Great question. And there's only one answer that I can think of, which is input. 
there's any there's the only way to know the difference when it comes to um, words that have a similar meaning the only way you can possibly know is through context how they're used and a lot of context as well you know because sometimes words can have several meanings or several usages or, or you know it's, it, it can get complicated with some words um, and but with ge and xiong you'd very quickly realize that xiong is is not a standalone morpheme uh, all characters are morphemes you probably know this already jessica but uh, xiong is is only used as part of compound words it just can't stand alone but it, although it does carry the same meaning as ge but ge uh, is more uh, can be used alone okay um and that's pretty much it. And you'll know that after learning, you know, words like shungdi or um <laughs> Okay, that's the only word I can think of is shung shung shung. Shungdi jiemei. Okay, that's that's basically the same. But you get what I'm saying. Um whereas you'll see ge in gege or you'll see it as a, a part of how to a cheng hao, like how to address someone, like a yang ge, someone who's older than you, that's a man whose last name is Yang. It's a Yang girl. I just say that because I met someone called Yang the other day whilst walking my dogs. Um, but yeah. So that's the only way, sorry. But it's not that hard. You know, it's fun as well. Reading and listening, it's fun. So uh, and you're unlocking all these little things all the time. Jonathan Glazier on Make a Movie for Xie, Xie, which is a character that means a few, several. Uh, the top component, which is this is actually the character which is the more the formal word for this in Chinese the top component has caused me the most problems today I just can't land on the one thing that fixes it in my memory I do rely on visualizations and the form of this character really has me stumped I can't get one all-encompassing visual couple of suggestions first of all go back and relearn this as a character so go back and make sure that your movie scene for is very clear uh, and it's easy for you to write without even worrying about it. So you know that that character alone means this. That's very clear. Uh, and then another one is, if you're still having trouble after that, go back and do the, the character again, but make the keyword in like the same as its prop usage. So... How can we give an example? Because it's a very abstract word. That's probably nothing that's causing the problem. So you need to find a way to solidify it visually, make it into a single object. This, this, this. Um, okay, so imagine a professor. I've been talking about professors a lot today. So I imagine a professor with a stick, an actual professor that you know from your school days who's pointing to stuff. And he is in your movie scene for to represent the keyword of this he's pointing at something and obviously he's having a relationship of some kind with the other props the the uh, the two the what is that the twins or whatever is the bottom prop for you and of course your actor and in your set as well but he's he's and then you use him as the prop for as well uh, and that should solve it if that doesn't solve it i'm i'm sort of that's the end of my <laughs> Uh, well, let me know. Obviously, we'll, we'll come to. We'll see if we can help further. But that that should fix it. That should fix it. So let me know how that goes, Jonathan. Uh, right. So that's all the uh, 
emails and messages I've got from you this week. Thanks very much, guys. Uh, let's move on to the movies. I've got how many movies we've got this week? I've got five. Awesome. Five brand new uh, movie scenes for characters in the intermediate course. We've got Robert Carver, who's got the scene today for Chung. So let's see what he has to say. Chuck Norris, the CH actor, is in the kitchen at my ENG location. Bearing, so Chung means to bear, like a Chung Dan, like to, to bear a weight or a, a burden of some kind. Bearing the weight of a dying Christmas elf. Oh dear, that would be the top part. As he carries him to a water fountain, okay, for nourishment, but it's too late. And with his dying breath, the elf reveals that he's actually Link. And he passes Chuck the Triforce, as that's a reference to Zelda, the computer game, for those that don't know. And that represents the three, the number three in Chinese. Triangle, three points. It's great. Telling Chuck he must now bear the responsibility of saving Hyrule. Great. Really, really good job. Both Phil and I are big fans of Zelda, or at least we were. I was when I had time to play computer games. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, that if you're a fan too, that is a great scene. That's <laughs> gonna, that's really gonna. Um, you can even play the. There's such memorable music for that as well in the background, as he hands it over. Oh, that'd be great. Well done, Robert. Nick Sims. I'm making a movie for Baal. I really like this one. Uh, it's it's quite a visual character, so um, just make sure that you take advantage of that when you're making the scenes. Make it as visual as you can. Um, so he's uh, done that quite well here, I think. Bruce Lee, the B actor, is playing basketball in the gym. That's the third tone. At Lifetime Fitness, I gather that's... Yeah, that's right. A-O, A-O, ow, Lifetime Fitness. And has burned a million calories. He is starving. So he pulls out his fork, which is representative of the... Uh, left side sort of food related component and gym bag obviously that's the bowel component and plump uh, yeah the gym <laughs> sorry that's a sound effect <laughs> plump is not a sound effect Luke gym bag plump with dumplings and he even put a little dumpling emoji here after he's done eating his stomach is full well done Nick that's a really good one you can make that funny uh, and very visual too awesome next is alex summary on uh, make a movie for Ying. this one i remember this character so so well um well i remember making the scene for it when i you know when i was learning because it's just got so many components it's, it's very tiring um or relatively more than more than average right so Alex uh, has quite a cool way of dealing with this. He says, I grouped the bottom three components together as an Olympics medal podium thing. Hope that's okay. Well, as pretty much anything goes in, in this, as long as it works and it's relatively within the guidelines that we, that we set out, right? So yes, that's okay. That's actually really clever. It then just became a contest between my mouth and my E actor to eat strawberries. That's the one. Uh, component. Oh yeah, because it does kind of look like a strawberry, right? It's based on the appearance there. My E celebrating with her gold medal and the mouth sobbing with its bronze. Really good. Yes. Uh, as long as you know uh, the, I, I, you know the only thing that could maybe be an issue slightly is like, are the three objects there just standing there? Because that might be something that sort of fades away from your memory. It's always a good idea, if you can, to have some kind of interaction with the three objects. So, yeah, 
just uh, even if it's just touching it for a second or they they explode or they move they do something you know those three things they're not just stationary the entire time because your brain can sort of you know delete them but that looks really good it's a good little way of handling those uh, a, a character with lots of components next is from uh, rick santos make a movie for law again love the way rick writes here it's just sort of like again again i'm going to say the word it's like, it's like a little haiku so it's just a short sort of poem-like uh, way of uh, of describing what could be the scene he says lou actor waters the three dots water the roses the top part uh, so forcefully that each that's gur gur means each or individual of the petals falls back to the mouth of the earth one by one very good i'm not sure you need mouth of the earth maybe i'm not sure what uh, hmm. but i really like i just like the whole thing i think i think yeah just it's very simple it's very uh, concise and it leaves a lot to the imagination so you can you can sort of make it the way you want you know well done, Rick. Will R. I'm making a movie for Wan, which means a uh, pill. Actor's Wolverine, uh, and he's in the kitchen. And uh, he says, Wolverine's pet Pokemon dog, Nine Tails, uh, represents the number nine, of course, Joel, walks in very ill. Water Wolverine drops a drop of medicine onto Nine Tails' mouth, and Nine Tails spits out a giant pill. So that is the keyword. So he spits out the keyword. Wolverine holds the giant pill up and says, who's been feeding you pills like this, doggo? Really good. Very clear, step-by-step, step, very simple, very visual. Um, I, love the, I love the way that, um, okay, this, this prop plus this prop you know, just creates, uh, literally spits out the keyword, the pill. Very, very effective. So well done there, everyone, for your scenes, and thanks again for your comments. Um, please get in touch if you have any more, and not just on the new course that we've laid out, but also by email in the MB community. Uh, get in touch about anything. We're always here to help. And uh, yeah, it's been great, guys. I will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye-bye.